Oh, praise the Lamb of God. All right. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. All right. All right. We get organized here. Praise the Lord. And we're going to go to the Word of God tonight. Praise the Lamb of God. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming tonight. Appreciate you being here. Praise God. And appreciate you taking time out of our busy schedules to come and, and worship and praise God tonight and, and feed upon the Word of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, praise God, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. The book of Ephesians chapter 4. And if you would, please stand with me for the reading of the Word when you get the Word. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 17. The Bible says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Listen very carefully. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Master, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would bless this word tonight. Lord, anoint it to our understanding. Give us, O God, I pray. Lord, the spiritual ears to hear your voice tonight, Jesus, and the spiritual heart, God, to receive it, Lord, and help it to find a lodging place, Lord, that it might work and come alive in our life, Lord, and we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, praise God. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. <clears throat> I want to talk to you tonight for just a few moments about strictly that. Past feeling. Hallelujah. Have, have you ever got to the place in your life uh, where you just had gone past feeling? Have you ever been to the place in your life where you just didn't care anymore? I came to a place in my life one time years ago when I was a very heavy drinker. And, uh, and I was very, very heavy into drinking and it just was my whole life and, uh, and it was a normal thing. It was a round the clock thing. I still worked and all those sort of things, but, but I always had a drink wherever I went. I had a drink and, and, uh, and, and you know, it was a, it was just such a burden to me, and, and, and I just couldn't turn it loose. And you know, I came to the point in my life, uh, I had a beautiful wife and beautiful family and, and had everything that you could possibly want. Uh, uh, I had plenty of money in my bank account. I had plenty of uh, opportunities everywhere I turned. There were many opportunities. And, uh, and so I was blessed beyond measure. But nevertheless, I still was not happy. Uh, church, I was looking for something and I could not find it. Uh, I was looking for something. Uh, but I had gone to the place uh, where I had gone past feeling. Uh, and I really did not care any longer whether I lived or whether I died. If I was going to keep on in the same rut that I was in, uh, I just soon had died. And so that's how the Lord delivered me from it. Uh, I told the Lord one night uh, as I was sitting at my kitchen table uh, after having had a full day of drinking as usual and I just couldn't even get drunk or anything anymore. I drank so much that I was immune to it. Uh, 
And uh, it just made me kind of angry and bitter. I just had a hateful arrogance about myself. But but I didn't really get drunk uh, uh, and things like that like a lot of people did. It was just uh, it was just uh, an immune thing. And, and it was a terrible, terrible thing. And and uh, and I remember sitting at the table one night, and I I just told the Lord, and I had a walk with the Lord many years before, and uh, and I had I just told the Lord, I just looked at that glass in my hand, and I set it on the table, and I said, Lord, I, I said, is this it? I said, is this all there is to it? I mean, is this my life? Is this it? And I said, Lord, I said, I I tell you what, I want you to do. I haven't talked to you in a while, Jesus. I said, Lord, I, I haven't asked you for anything. I haven't talk to you about anything. I, I haven't even bothered you whatsoever. Lord, I've been busy about my own business. Wasn't concerned with you. Didn't, didn't, didn't bother you. Haven't asked you for nothing, Jesus. I said, but Lord, I'm going to ask you for one thing tonight and I want you to honor me. I want you to give me, well, God, my wish according to your will tonight. But I'm going to ask you to do something for me tonight and I want it done tonight. I want it done tonight, Lord, either way. And I said, Lord, I said, if this is it, I said, I do not want to go to AA. I do not want to trade in one habit for another habit. I said, God, I'm sick and tired of this drinking, and I don't want to ever drink again. I said, so Lord, if this is all there is to it, I said, then, then God, I said, I want you to, I want you to do one or two things tonight, and I want it done tonight. I said, God, I want you to either kill me or cure me. I said, I'd, either way, it does not matter to me. I said, because if you take me today, I said, what is 40 years in eternity? I said, my lifespan might be 40 more years on this earth. I, I said, Lord, living the way I've lived, probably not, but it may be 40 years. I said, but God, in the face of eternity in hell, what is 40 years? I said, so look, I said, it doesn't matter whether I go to hell tonight or whether I go 40 years from now. If this is my life, this is where I'm going to go. I said, so God, I want I want you to deliver me, either cure me or kill me. Either way, it does not matter to me. And it was like the Lord just said, uh, Are you sure? I just said, Yes, Lord, I'm sure. Are you really sure? You want me to decide. I said, Lord, you know my heart. You're God. I said, I'm telling you, you search my heart. I'm telling you right now, I want rid of this mess. One way or another, I'm done with it. This is my last night. I want this to be my last night with this mess. I don't never want another drop in my life. So you make the choice. And the Lord said, are you through? I said, I'm done. And so the Lord said, all right. I got up from the kitchen table. Really didn't expect to be alive the next day. I got up from the kitchen table. I walked in there, went to bed, kissed my wife goodnight, goodbye, whatever the situation might have been, and I went to bed. The next morning I woke up, there was not even a thought of alcohol crossed my mind. I woke up, there was no thought of going to the liquor cabinet and getting me a drink. There was no thought of going down to the restaurants or the big restaurants. I'd go to the places like the Music City Sheridan Hotel and they'd have me a liquor in the cabinet of the managers uh, in the big fancy restaurant there and, and they'd make me drinks before hours where they could I could get drinks anywhere I went. I did nothing crossed my mind to do that. Not ever crossed my mind. I got up and I mean the Lord had taken it. It was gone. It was out of my life. And I never touched another drop of alcohol. Praise God. I've never touched, never looked back, never thought about another drop of alcohol in my life. God took that from me and He delivered me right on the spot. But I want to tell you something, church. I was past feeling. I was past feeling. I'd come to a place where I just couldn't feel anymore. I had been God already gone past feeling. Praise God. I'm telling you. It was a rough and tough place to be. But praise God, I never looked back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you really don't realize, church, people don't really realize what it is to be happy. Until they've lost their happiness. 
until you've been happy and then you lose your happiness and can't seem to find it any longer. You learn to appreciate happiness. You learn to appreciate money if you've ever had money and lost it. You can't appreciate money unless you've ever been dead broke. If you've had had money your whole life, you can't appreciate money. But I tell you what will cause you to appreciate money is 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 being without it and absolutely dead broke. That will cause you to appreciate having some money. And it will cause you to be careful with your money. Praise God, I'll tell you that. You never know how good it is to have a home until you become a homeless person. A homeless person knows how to appreciate a house, I'll tell you right now. But a lot of people that's always had everything handed to them on a silver platter, they don't know how to appreciate nothing. You know, you can take somebody and give them a million dollars, and if they've never had money, man, they're going to blow through it just like that because they've never been without. They don't know what it is to be without. How long has it been? Since you just came to Jesus and didn't ask Him for anything. You know, we all come to the Lord and, and we all have the I wants and, and God knows what all, what, what we want. But when's the last time you ever just got a hold of God and you just came to the Lord and said, Lord, I just came to thank you today. I, I just came to, I just came to praise you. I want to thank you, Lord, for allowing me to get up this morning. Lord, I want to thank you, Jesus, for every blessing, oh God. I want to thank you, Jesus, for the, oh God, for the mind that it took for me to get out of the bed this morning. Lord, I want to thank you, Jesus, for all the blessings that you've given me and bestowed upon my life. When's the last time, church, that you just, you just stopped to thank Jesus? When's the last time you just stopped? Praise God. And that is an absolute, that is an absolute blessing to the Lord. Praise God. So many people, hallelujah, spend their whole life with, with the I wants, I wants, I wants, and they don't never stop to just tell the Lord how much they love them. Praise God. It's very important that we do that. Praise the Lord. You know, I never realized uh, how blessed that I was uh, one time. I, I never realized how blessed, and I've told some of you, some of you know this story and some of you don't, but uh, I, I, I woke up one morning and I, I, I realized that, uh, man, I had something that was called Bell's Palsy. Uh, and oh, man, let me tell you, it was, uh, it was a scary thing. It's kind of like a, a stroke. Uh, and you know, I, man, it was a, a, but they don't know what causes it, but it was in your ear, you know, and, and it, uh, and it paralyzed half my face. And I didn't realize, uh, man, how, 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 how everything in the facial structure works. Uh, but you learn real quickly when you lose something, uh, what it was that you had and lost. And, and so it, it was very touch and go. It could have ended up with my mouth under my, under my chin and, and it could have just the skin fell completely off my face if it would have got worse. And some people it never goes away. And so it was very terrifying to me. But I learned right there uh, what it was like. Uh, and you know, I praise God when I got, man, when it got started getting better, praise the Lord, I, uh, I learned how to praise God more about, uh, about my face because, man, back then I was really concerned about my face. I was new in the music business and, uh, man, I tell you, I was, uh, I was really full of myself at that time. You couldn't have shot me, killed me, I don't believe. And, uh, man, I tell you, I was tore all to pieces thinking my face wasn't coming back. And, and, uh, I tell you, it was really a devastating thing to a young fella. And I was pretty young. Then and uh, man, I tell you, it scared me. It scared me real bad. We read in another place in the in the Bible of a man at the beautiful gate. Uh, you know, many of you know the story. If not all of you know the story of the man that was at the beautiful gate. We talked about it some this morning. And uh, and here's a fellow that was lame. Uh, and and here he was looking for money, somebody to come and just give him a little bit of money, uh, somebody to give him something to go get him some bread and things because he couldn't work. And uh, and here comes uh, here comes Peter and John. <clears throat> and you know. I know how, I know I could just see his face, you know, when Peter John walked up, here's this preacher's coming, you know, and, and man, he, they don't want to hear all that nonsense, man, they just want, give me some money, I, you know, and here comes them preachers, and the first thing out of their mouth is, uh, well, silver and gold, have I none? He's like, oh, oh, man, come on, he's a bunch of broke preachers, I'm telling you, I'm so sick of these preachers, I wish somebody come along here with some money, move on out of the way, man, there goes a rich guy right there, well, you stand 
standing in the way. I can't even get to the money, you know. And, and here's Peter and John blocking the path. Oh, but church, praise God, let me tell you, he had no idea what was standing before him. Oh, he had no idea. But you see, he had gone past feeling. Man, he done been stepped on, tromped on, drugged down, and been ridiculed so many times in his life. He had lost his feeling. He was beyond feeling. Man, I'm sure people just, man, they were very hateful in that day over people that had ailments and illnesses because it was all accounted to sin. And so, man, uh, he, he just, uh, he said that day, you know, my old Peter and John, Peter said, uh, silver and gold have I none. He said, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord. Rise up and walk. And, and you know, he didn't jump up and start walking. I'm sure he looked at him like, man, yeah, boy, smoke you another one there, buddy. I said, pop you a couple more pills. Pop a top again, son. That's a good song. Yeah. You know, I could just see him thinking you have lost your ever loving mind. Can't you see? I'm, can't you see that I'm I'm lame. I could just hear him now thinking, man, can't, don't you know that I can't walk? And that's what people want to say. That's really what people want to say. They become so accustomed to having, sister, you can become so accustomed to having arthritis, you can't even in your mind fathom not having it. You forget what it even felt like to not have arthritis anymore. And so it just becomes a part of you. But let me tell you something, church, it ain't a part of you. And you better start feeling like God can take care of it. It's not a part of you. Praise God. God can put it on the run. And so listen, then that guy didn't jump up and start running around. The Bible says, if you look at it, the Bible says Peter reached down and lifted him up. And when he lifted him up, immediately his ankles received strength. Praise God, his legs received strength. And man, don't you boy, he took off running, jumping, shouting. Now, of course, how are you going to keep somebody quiet like that? You know, Jesus, I think, just told people stuff like that just to, just to aggravate them. Just to make them, I don't know why he did that. Why would the Lord heal a blind man and say, Shh. I'm like, yeah, right. Well, you better close my lips because I'm fixing to shout it. I'm going up on that mountaintop right there. You're going to hear me in a minute sound the trumpet. God's going to heal somebody who's been blind their whole life and say, Shh, don't tell no one. Get out of the way! I can see! Yeah, praise God, you know. And that's just the way the Lord was. But He was so good. He saw them needs. Don't you know it made Jesus feel so good? Oh, to come down and say, Oh, well, what do you got? Oh, you're healed. Praise God. And just see them, man, see them know what it was like. A blind man, he'd never seen nothing all his life. And Jesus just come down and get all excited and say, Well, well, let me show you something, pal. All of a sudden you can see, huh? Man, what it must have been like to, to touch things. To touch. Oh, and now my wife's so beautiful and everybody that's ever seen her knows how beautiful she is. I'm so glad I've got eyes that I can look upon my wife. You know what it would be like? I couldn't have took it. If I'd been blind and, and, and felt her face like that. All these and all of a sudden my eyes were opened and I, I beheld her beauty. I don't believe I could have stood it. You know, what a glorious thing. You don't understand what you got, church, until you lose it. Oh, you never realize how blessed that you are until it's gone. Oh, praise God. You know... That man jumped up, took off. Man, he went to shouting all over the, all over the temple. Praise God. He was excited, man. He had his legs. He could run and dance and walk and praise God and shout. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord is beginning to speak to me and, and I tell you what, He's been letting me know that He's, He's getting ready to send me and others just like me, praise God, out to His people, out to His people that are past feeling, praise God, and to cause my people to feel once again. Church, I tell you what, there's a message that needs to go forth, praise God, and the Bible, you know, the, the, the Bible there that says that they're past feeling, Oh, praise God, we need to get a hold of the Lord. Praise God and get to that place where we can feel once again and get our feeling back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You need to thank God every day for your ability to feel. If you're able to feel the presence of God, if you're able to feel and you're able to hear Him, that is something that's very important to me. It's so important, I put it on the back of my cards that I've had. It's been my slogan for many years since I've had Change of Life Ministries. And it's been on the back of my cards. It's been on the back of every sign we have. It's my. It's one of my slogans. And it's, it's coming Feel the presence of God. Feel is underlined. And have an experience that will change your life forever. Listen, you cannot be touched by Jesus and be the same. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. There's not a devil in hell that's ever been touched by Jesus that wasn't, that was the same. I'm telling you something. When a person, when a person is possessed and Jesus, when Jesus touches them, they ain't no longer possessed. The devil's got to go. Praise God. When Jesus touches you, the sickness has to leave. Sickness can't stand in His presence. When Jesus touches you, whatever it is that's wrong is made right. When you feel God, you know He's there. When you feel Him touch you, It'll get you. It'll grab you. And for those of you that feel God and that are able to feel His presence, you ought to be thanking God every day. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to still have the sensitivity, oh God, to feel Your touch, to feel Your presence. Hallelujah. I want to feel God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there's so many people... There's so many people in churches nowadays. Uh, I tell you what, uh, man, you could be, you, you know, you could, you could have a, man, you could be bouncing off the walls, doing cartwheels, backflips. Uh, praise God, you could be raising the dead uh, and, and everything in the world. I mean, jumping and running the aisles. Praise God, Holy Ghost bouncing off the walls, knocking the light bulbs out. Uh, praise God, and yet you still have some people that'll sit there and fall asleep. Praise God, I'm to fall asleep in the floor. Uh, can't wait to get to McDonald's. It's uh, got the McDonald's or, 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 or or, or Shoney's or something on their mind. And, and you know, that's it, man, church, that's people that have gone past feeling. They're going through the motions and, and they've just gone past that feeling. Hallelujah. You know, there was a song many years ago, and I know many of you remembered it, it was by Aretha Franklin. It was called You Make Me Feel. And it was a You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. And, and I tell you what, you know, you could have the ugliest woman... Never walked on two feet. But you take a man that really loved that woman, and I tell you what, he could make her feel like a million dollars and make her feel like a princess. And that's exactly what a man ought to do to his wife. A man ought to, ought to, ought to cause his wife to feel. When's the last time that, uh, that somebody close to you made you feel? I want you to understand something, church. We need to have more compassion. We need to have more feeling. It's my job to make my wife. It's not a job. It's a, it's just a blessing to cause her her to know how much I love her and to make her feel important. You know, I'm not a shining a knight in shining armor. I'm more like a frog with a bad limp sometimes. A frog that has arthritis in the mornings. You know, can't even croak right anymore without losing my croaking voice. But you know, it's my job to still do the best I can to try to cause my wife to feel like a princess and to feel like my queen. And I should cause her to always feel like that because she is my princess and, and though I'm not the shiny knight shining armor that she probably wish she would have had one day I do the best that I can to be to be her prince or her king and, uh, and to be beside her all the way praise God and, and it's our it's our job church uh, you know you don't even see people hardly any longer uh, uh, walking together and holding hands or, or, or uh, uh, you know there's a love that a mother has with a child and, and even, even that any longer you begin to see uh, you and, and you begin to see a lot of times uh, how that, and, and this happens more and more and more frequently, uh, where you see mothers that take their little babies. Here, not too long ago, there was a place up in Atlanta or somewhere, somewhere in one of the states up in that area. <clears throat> 
one of Georgia or somewhere up in Tennessee or somewhere that uh, uh, some woman took her baby and put him in a little trash can at the at the filling station while she was getting gas, dumped him in the trash can, and somebody found the little fella. <laughs> I tell you what, church, he come to hire. Oh, a little baby in a trash can and throwed him away like a biscuit, uh, like some trash. And what's wrong with people? Church, you can't even go out here on Brother Sieber's farm and you can find a snake out there and a snake will take care of its babies. A skunk will take care of its children. I mean the worst dog will take care of their babies. You know, it's a bad, bad thing when we as human beings have gotten worse than an animal. He come to hide These little babies didn't ask to be put in the world. They didn't ask for you to go out and be having flings all over the country. This nation has no excuse whatsoever. This country has no excuse. This country's been blessed beyond measure. We've had the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We've had the truth. We've had the freedom to worship God. We've had the freedom to serve Him. We've had the freedom to build churches. We've had the freedom to praise and worship and pray. And now we have run God out of everything that we do. We've run Him out of schools. And then we wonder why our children don't mind. We've taken the Ten Commandments even out of our courthouses. And we wonder why in the world that we have a lawless society. We have to make laws to guard the laws, to guard the laws. Why? Because you took down the real law and you put up man-made laws. Man-made law can't save this country. Man-made law can't save this people. There's only one law can save this people, and that's the law of God. Hallelujah. Put it back up where it belongs. I tell you, church, we're in a pitiful, pitiful state. And this nation is so numb. This people is whacked, gross. They are so numb. They cannot feel anything. The Bible says that they're without natural affection. Oh my God, when you come to a place where a mama, a mama who carried a baby in her womb can put him in a trash can. Oh my God, what's wrong with us? Oh God, help us Lord. Oh God, help us Lord. Oh, church, I tell you what. Oh, judgment's on the way. Judgment's on the way. You know, there's some people that even claim to be Christians. And you know, when I get around them, I'm just as dead as four o'clock. Some people that claim to be Christians, and when you get around them, everything in their life is so negative. They're so they're just so dead. They just seem to be just I don't know. I, I just they have no joy. They have no happiness, no peace. Listen, everything don't come up roses in my life all the time, church. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you something. I got some joy. Uh, I got some peace. I got some happiness. Uh, sometimes I wonder where in the world it comes from. Uh, where it comes from, Jesus. Praise God. Uh, you know what? Uh, hey, I'm not gonna fear what man can do to me. Uh, man may put me in the grave. Uh, oh, but you can't hold me down. Uh, oh, the Lord's got a key to that. Uh, praise God. I know God has a key to hell and death. Uh, and that death, no grave going to hold me down. There ain't no grave going to hold this body down. No way. No way. When this old boy passes on, I don't even want to hear no crying. I know it will be hard on my wife if she's still here. I know she'll be heartbroken. But I'll tell you what, man, if there's any way, honey, I'll be talking to you every chance I get. And if there ain't, I'll see you when you get home. But I'll tell you what, I just, listen, don't weep for me. Man, I want you to rejoice at my funeral. If you go to my funeral, if you're alive and remain after I'm gone, I want there to be some preaching in my funeral. I want somebody filled with the Holy Ghost in my funeral. I want Somebody baptized, praise God. I will wait. You know, I'm going to tell you something. That body ain't going nowhere. I ain't in the coffin no way. Praise God. I'll be dancing aisles if God allow me to. Oh, but I'm not going to be in that box. So don't worry about me. And don't, you know, have to rush or get in a whole hurry. Praise God. I want somebody saved. I want you to look and say, I want somebody preaching that's got some, that's got some gumption about them. I want the unction of the Holy Ghost at my funeral. I want somebody preaching the Word of God. 
And I want somebody to look at everybody out there and say, you see that fellow right there? If you want to go where that fellow went, you better get after it. You better get busy. You're going one or the other place. And that's how quick you can be gone. Let it, it might break through somebody else's feelings. It might break into somebody else's feelings. Maybe somebody will look and say, I can't believe it. I just talked with him. And he's gone. And say, well, you know, just that's how quick you could be gone. I'm so glad. Makes me think of that song. I'm so glad he was willing to drink his bitter cup. I'm so glad that I, I feel God. I'm so glad. You know, church, when's the last time you really took a hard look at yourself? You know, there was a time when I looked at myself and I, in the mirror and I said, you know, you don't preach like you used to preach. You don't witness like you used to witness. You don't study like you used to study. Man, you're not praying like you used to pray. You know, you're not getting as close as you need to get to God. You're not doing what you used to do. You know, sometimes, church, we can grow complacent. We can grow so weary in what we're doing and we can grow, we can grow tired and we, everything just seems to be repetitious and we can get into that rut, into that same old routine of things and the next thing you know, uh, we find ourselves becoming complacent and we find ourselves uh, 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 letting this little bit go here and that little bit go there and the next thing you know, uh, we have let something slide and we cannot afford to do that. Remember the enemy nibbles away at us sometimes and we have to be always on guard. Praise God. Praise God. You know how it used to be? Can you remember back when you first got the Holy Ghost or remember back man, when you first got a hold of Jesus? I mean, man, let me tell you something. Somebody couldn't even pull up and get gas next to you. I mean, you made your oh, Mo, well, here's a candidate. Man, I'm telling you, oh, you're so excited. Look at people nodding their head, doctor. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You guys so on fire for God, you want to save the whole world today. I, man, I can almost get them all for dark if I start right now. I mean, you just, uh, oh, yeah, boy, that brother Draper's on fire for God. And praise God, you know, listen, that's good. Keep that fire burning, praise God. You know, but, but you know, we let that fire go out sometimes. We need to keep that fire kindled, praise God. And that's what coming to the altar. Do man, that's what getting that's what praying back into the Holy Ghost will do, that's what entering into the presence of God will do. Praise the Lord, and, and putting all that message that you're carrying around on your shoulders behind you and just let God re energize you. Praise God, and let Him peel back them feelings again. Hallelujah. Man, I mean, I, boy, when I mean the Holy Ghost, when I was on fire for God, man, I'm telling you, I didn't even need a car, I just did that so I wouldn't get a ticket in my tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm telling you, boy, you know, yeah, I should tell you, man, I'm gonna tell you, man, I, I oh, man, I'm gonna tell you, all or nothing, man, I'm gonna tell you, I was just always been all or nothing, boy, and, uh, you know, and, and that's how it is when we first get the Holy Ghost, and man, we get on fire for God, boy, you just, hey, I mean, go, go to church with me, man, come on, you know, man, have you heard about the Lord, you know, you just want to tell everybody, and their grandmother, and their grandfather, and their grandkids, and their dog, and their cat, uh, you want everybody to come, you know, everybody come on, go to church, you know, and, and you, man, I mean, just people just see your car, it's like, I ain't going to that gas station, that guy like to never let me go last week, you know. <clears throat> see, you're standing over at the gas pump and say, hey, hey, and he's like, hey. I didn't see him, man. I didn't see that guy. You know how they do. They dodge you. Praise God, I tell you. We need to, we need to get that feeling back, church. We need to get that feeling back, that that brazenness, that boldness. Man, it just calls you to step right out in the street and say, Hey, Jesus, come on. You know, and that we just, that's what we need to get back to. Praise God. That feeling. Praise God. <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. You know, hey, well, they need, they need saving too. Praise God. You know, they, they need to learn how to put that coat in the closet and come on to church. Praise God. You know, 
There's a lot of places nowadays too, church, that uh, I tell you that, that are preaching that's a really sweet message, and that's all they preach. And uh, and and the Lord, and the Bible tells us about that. And you know, now let me let me tell you something. I love honey. I do love honey, not you, honey. I love you too, much more than this honey. But now I like honey real well. But you know, a little dabble, do you? I mean, I don't want to sit down and eat no barrel of honey. I mean, because that'll make you throw up. I mean, I, you know, enough honey, little honey's enough. And so I don't want to sit down and eat me a plate of honey and a bag of crackers, you know. But now a little bit's good. But there's some places now that just preach, it just, it's just so smooth a message and you never hear anything about hell. You never hear anything about to, uh, uh, nobody, that, people that's not making it. To, all you hear about is everybody's going to heaven and everybody's going to make it and all that. And that's the biggest lie that there ever was. The Bible clearly tells us, church, that it's going to be very, very few in heaven. People say, well, no, there's some big numbers in heaven. That's right, but you're talking about all the people that's lived on the planet since the beginning of time. It's a very small number. And so thousands of thousands is not that many. And so when I had that dream, and I was talking about it this morning, that angel told me at that point, he said, out of all the thousands I have judged, 166 have made it so far. And I'm going to tell you, the ones that I saw around that wall, partner, I'm going to tell you, their whole life was ever, every aspect of their life was God. I mean, it wasn't every aspect of their life was absolutely God, nothing but God. And I believe that the Lord was showing me right there, listen, it's going to be a slim, it's going to be a slim bunch. I don't mean slim bunch, I'm trying to lose some weight. <laughs> if it's going to be a slim bunch, I need to get on a diet right now. <laughs> but you know, church, and I'm not, I don't mean to be a bearer of bad news, but you can't preach heaven without preaching hell. It's out of balance. And you certainly can't preach hell without preaching heaven. I want everybody to be encouraged. I want everybody to hear the, the message of the cross and, and to know what He did. Uh, but it was a glorious thing that He did too. Even though He suffered and died, He gave us life. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's a wonderful blessing that He gave us and the gifts that He gave us. And I praise Him for that. I love Him for that. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but church, uh, listen, we can't just stop and think, well, everybody, everybody's going to heaven. And, and no, that's not the case. The Bible says that you have to seek Him. You're going to have to seek it to find that way. It's not just a way that you can just uh, uh, just grab a hold of and start walking down the street. No, it says straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few, few there be that find it. There's just not going to be near as many people going that way. But yet, I can go right now. I, I guarantee you, I can go right now to any place up and down this highway that people that don't even go to church. And I can ask them, hey man, do you, do you believe in the Lord? Yeah, well sure I do. Do you believe He's coming? Well, oh yeah, yeah, He's coming back. You go to church? No, I don't go to church. I don't go to church. Do you believe you're going to go to heaven? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, church, that's just out of balance. Everybody's convinced that everybody's going. And that's the message that we need to get out, is that, listen, hey, you need to come find out what's going on. You need to come find out what you need to do to get where it is you want to go. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't nobody want to, want to abide by the, by the rules. Yes, salvation is a gift of God, but it's going to take you some work to get there. The Bible said faith without works is graveyard dead. The Bible says we're going to be judged according to our works. I mean, listen, the Bible's full of it. I know that it's a sad thing sometimes to, to think that everybody ain't going to make it. But it's the reality. It's reality. The first thing that we need to do as a church is we need to make sure our feeling senses are intact. We need to make sure that we are able to feel Jesus and that we're able to feel Him in abundance and that we have no...
calluses. You know how you can get a calluses? I got a bunch of them on my fingertips right here. I get those from playing the guitar. I keep them there because they really are painful to get there. So if I don't play the guitar for a while, it's a very excruciating process to get them back on the tips of my fingers. But And I can scratch my face without even using a fingernail. And I want to keep it that way because I don't want to have to go through getting them calluses again. But other than those calluses and a few calluses on my hands from working, uh, you know, I don't want calluses on my heart. There was things that I uh, went through in my life that even built calluses up on my heart. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one that's had a broken heart in my life. And I know some men don't think there's anybody here that did it because my wife's never done anything to break my heart. And maybe vice versa. I have, I'm sure, but not, not my wife. She's a precious woman. But I tell you what. I have been in situations in my life where I got my feelings hurt, got my foot stepped on, got my heart stepped on, and things like that, and got my got my heart out of joint, and got a little. And so you know, you get a little calloused over that way. And I ain't letting, I ain't getting nobody back in there no more. No, uh uh I'm been down that road. No, sir, uh-uh. nope, that's closed. And I'm tearing the lock off of it. Ain't nobody getting in it. I throwed the key in the lake. Ain't nobody getting in that door. Period. <clears throat> but you can't be that way because the Lord. The Lord needs access to that. Praise God. And we need to make certain that He has the key to that door and that He can enter in and, and He can be a part of our heart and that, that He dwells within us. And so we have to search ourselves and make sure that we are able to feel and feel His presence. That's how I know He's there. I don't just trust just looking at the Word saying, well, He's there. You know, there was a time that I had to do that. Now, sometimes I do need to do that. Sometimes God will back off just a little bit. Oh, I don't like it when he does that. But he does that. He'll back away from you just a little bit and he'll put a little distance between you. And that's just to build that hunger. He wants you to, he wants you to search for him sometimes. He wants to, he don't want you to grow complacent. He don't want you to grow too, uh, too uh, used to him just being right there at your beck and call. And so he'll step back just a minute just to keep you, keep you on your toes and keep you, uh, keep you on your knees actually and keep you searching for him. And, and so he does that sometimes. But, but I tell you what, I want to feel God. I want to feel Him when I pray. I want to feel Him when I'm in the house of God. I do not want to go to a church where I cannot feel Jesus touch me. Now, I'm not talking about just music. I'm talking about when the message is being preached. I'm talking about when the service is going on. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost should be moving. And I'm talking about we should be feeling God. Praise God. And, and if we're not, then there's something that's out of balance and we need to address it. Praise God. I want to feel the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, sometimes it's kind of the same way as a callous type thing, and I'm not going to keep you all night tonight. I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but I am going to cover a few more points. You know, back in, in years when I'd do a little boxing and stuff like that when I was younger, you know that you're just kind of a little uh, unnerved, you know. Of course, you wouldn't show it, man. You had to be, you know, Rocky Balboa, you know. You had to be the tough guy. And, you know, you didn't want that guy on the other ring over there. You just kind of measure him up, you know. I wonder how bad that's going to hurt when he drills me between the eyes, you know. <laughs> and you just, you just was contemplating that first punch. Of course, you tried to dodge it and dodge it and duck it. But eventually, pow, man, he connects one with you. And after you got that and done, well, them next, them next 10 or 12 that you get, ain't gonna, you didn't even worry about that. You was numb to it. You wasn't, you just didn't even worry about that, man. Once that first one's over with, the edge is off. And I mean, then it's time to get on down to business, you know. And, just, but that always, that first one kind of numbs you to it, you know. It kind of jars you and, and you get you, well, he didn't kill me. Okay, let's go. You know, I'm still alive. And, and so, man, you just didn't you, but you've numbed yourself to it. And, you, and before it's over with, you don't even realize how many times you're getting hit. Uh, hopefully not too many, but, but you've numbed yourself to it. Uh, and we can, desensitize ourselves sometimes uh, to the things that's going on in our life. Even in the house of God, church, uh, things that have happened in our lives can keep us so desensitized uh, that it will cause us uh, not to feel the wooing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, when the Holy Ghost enters in and moves through and you see people that say, well, 
You know, the person over on the left was floating about that high off the pew. The person on this side was just spinning like a ball over the pew. Uh, the person on this side was bouncing off the walls and, and Holy Ghost fire shooting out his ears. And the uh, other guy was doing uh, uh, cartwheels down the aisle in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And, and the guy in between them didn't even realize it was going on. Uh, you can, I know that's extreme, but I'm just telling you to set it to just to let you understand tonight uh, that that's a little bit extreme and we know that is. Uh, and it's a little silly, but I tell you what, it gets the same point across because uh, that is exactly how it is sometimes. Uh, sometimes we can let ourselves uh, uh, become desensitized uh, by some things that have happened or, or things that are going on in our life outside of the church. And so we bring that calloused heart into the church. Don't do that because God can't work in a calloused heart. You've got to leave that at the door and just let God, and if you're having a problem with that, you need to pray about that. Lord, just circumcise my heart, God. Just, Lord, just, just open my heart to receive God and help me to feel you tonight. Praise God. We need to feel the Lord. Praise God. You know, you remember, you remember when you was first, when you, we need to fall. We need to fall in love with Jesus again. Now I'm going to tug on some heartstrings for a minute. You remember when you first fell in love with your sweetheart? You can always tell newlyweds are in a car because it looks like one body with two heads on it driving away. <laughs> Man, they so close. You can't tell which one's driving. You got to make sure the door's locked so they both don't fall out in the street. <laughs> they driving over, smooching and sweet nothings in the ears and all that nonsense. And they just, uh, oh, they're so in love. They can't even see they're driving the wrong way down a one-way street. You know, uh, just all uh, just so uh, just uh, head over heels in love. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then when the honeymoon's over, man, you can tell it's over because, boy, she's a, she can't get no closer to that side and he can't get no closer to that side and both of them about to fall out opposite doors at that point. You gotta make sure the doors are locked, pray God, so she can't get out. At that point, you know, the man has to get the keys and change the lock, make sure she can't escape, you know, and she, she's looking at him, he's looking at her, she's saying, my God, what have I got myself into? And he's saying, Lord, God, I thought to, I thought she was an angel. I didn't realize she was a witch in disguise. And, and you know, and I, you know, the honeymoon's over. And uh, but you know, it's the same way. Sometimes we 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 feel that way about the Lord too. We're so in love with the Lord, and we're so in tune with Him. And, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Uh, but you know, we can let that we can let the newness wear off, uh, and we can let our love wax gross, and and it grows cold, and it. Against the, the fire needs to be rekindled. And that's what I want to, to do and to convey tonight, church. We need to feel Jesus. We need to rekindle that fire with Jesus and just re-fall in love with Him. Praise God. And, and let Him just renew us in every way and re-strengthen us in our walk with Him. We have a job to do, church, in this life in a very short period of time. And we need to make certain that we are sensitive to the will of God. The Bible says that He's going to do a short work and and so in that, in that He's going to do a short work, we need to be sensitive in every way to His voice and to His will and to His, uh, and to His purpose and everything that He would desire that we do. We need to be careful that we pay very close attention to what it is He's trying to tell us. Praise God. I'm trying to hurry. Praise God. You know, turn with me to... Romans one twenty four. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, you can override you can override God's convictions that He puts on your heart, and so many people have done just that. The Bible says that wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You know, 
The Bible tells us in verse 29 that without, it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murders, debates, deceits, malignancy, and backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, of inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, unplaceable, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. We have never, ever before lived in a society like we live in now. Back when I was a young, a young man coming, a young child coming up, uh, homosexuals were just barely even heard of. But now, they not only come out of the closet, but they tell you that I'm a homosexual. I'm glad to be a homosexual. I'm proud of it. And they'll tell you all about it. It's not enough that they want to be a homosexual, but they want everyone to tell them it's alright. They want everybody to accept their way of life. They want everybody to condone their way of life. And they want everybody to push it as a normal way of life. An alternative lifestyle. Oh, no, no, no. It ain't no alternative lifestyle. It was an abomination back in the beginning. It was an abomination that caused the great flood of the earth. And it was an abomination that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It's been an abomination then. And it will be an abomination on Judgment Day when the great white throne judgment takes place. And if somebody doesn't get it under the blood, it will send somebody to hell. And I'm telling you right now, it is just sin. I'm telling you right now, church, sin is sin. Homosexuals can turn from their wicked ways and and they can turn to the Lord and God can forgive them for that. And there's many that have. And there's a great, there's a great movement going across this nation right now. I know of people that are going across this nation right now that have been converted and been delivered from that spirit of homosexuality. And they're taking that to the homosexual community and trying to reach souls for Jesus. Praise God for that. But if it's not, gotten under the blood. They'll perish and go to hell for it. It's an abomination before the Lord. We live in a, in a very wicked society. But there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. All these things that are happening are things that have happened before. What we need, church, we need preachers to come out of the closet. We need preachers to come out of their closet and start preaching the Word of God. We got a lot of preachers that wanna, that wanna pray and things like that and, and they wanna hide in their closets. But we need preachers to come out of the closet with the Word of God in their hand, praise God, and start carrying it to the people, praise God, and preaching the truth over these pulpits and get off this real good, feel good message that's got everybody, uh, these messages that are not messages, uh, they are pep talks. Uh, listen, the church don't need just a pep talk. The church needs a shot in the arm of the truth of the Word of God that will help them to get over this world and get home, praise God. We don't need a bunch of limp-wristed preachers. We need somebody that's not afraid to stand up for the Word of God and say, Listen, I did not write the book, church. I'm just preaching the Word of God. I am not in management. Praise God. I am just in sales. Hallelujah. He's in management. If you got a problem with it, take it up with management. Praise God. I'm in sales. Don't shoot the messenger. I did not write the book. We need people, men and women, that are not, listen, and there's a way to tell people. Church, there's a, there, you don't want to be hateful. There's a way to, there's a way to tell people. But understand this, church. We cannot be afraid to stand on the truth of God's Word. It is not going to sit well with a lot of people. That's why that these churches are not packed out. The ones that are packed out are singing that sweet little message. Everybody's going to heaven. Come on today, tomorrow, or whenever. Come on. yeah. Oh, yeah, put your joint out. Come on to heaven. You can pick it up later. Come on to church. You can't bring your beer in. You can pick it 
up on the way out. You know, oh, it's okay if you drink. It's okay if you smoke dope. It's okay if you do all that other kind of stuff. You can have three wives. Well, sure, you can wear a dress, Mr. Smith. Come on in here. It doesn't matter. Can't we all just get along? Oh, I don't want no part of that. No. No, sir. Listen, there was times in my life God said, hey, what's that? Well, God, I'm just going to bring this with me. No, you ain't bringing that with you following me. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) No. See, God, God is not going to lead you with garbage on your back and garbage in your hand. No. And garbage coming out of your mouth. And garbage coming out of your eyes and your ears. No. Jesus will sweep and garnish you and prepare you to to enter into the kingdom of God. you got to be ready so that you can lead other people. They're not going to follow somebody that ain't living it. If I'm out here getting high, if I'm out here, if Brother Feld passes me over at the bar and i got me a couple of women hanging there and I've got my arm around one, another one over here kissing, hanging all over me, uh, and I've got me a beer in one hand. Listen, you won't see him at church next week. Honey, you know what? If I do that, you just shoot me. You go ahead, use my gun. I don't want to be, I don't want to be maimed. I want to be graveyard dead. You know, church, it ain't always a popular message, but there's only one way to heaven. That's all there is to it. There's only one way, church. There's no, there's no spokes of the wheel theory. I know they're trying to push that mess. Oh, well, oh, Buddhists are going to heaven. Uh, 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 Muslims are going to heaven. No, they're not. No, they're not. I'll jump right up in the middle of a mosque and tell every one of them, except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Allah is not God. Buddha is not God. Uh, let me tell you something. Hindu is not God. Uh, all them people are not God. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Uh, he was a Nazarite. He is a Jew. Uh, and He's the King of Kings. Uh, and He's coming back. Uh, and you better be ready. Uh, because Allah is not going to heaven. Neither those that follow Him. Uh, you may fly a plane uh, and you think you're flying it into paradise. i got news for you. Uh, man, you're going to knock the bottom out of hell with that plane. You better turn from Allah and get a hold of Jesus. There ain't but one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Praise God. And we're not all going to heaven. Those are going that line up with that Word of God right there. And I don't care if you've been in your hand in, in church your whole life, live for God every minute, you better be living for Him when you cross the finish line, church. Don't you drop your sword now. And there's a bunch of them that's going to do it. Don't you let go of that sword now. Man, I mean, it's just fixing to get good. Praise God, it's just fixing to get real good. Hallelujah. Oh, bless God. Man, I'll tell you, y'all going to throw rocks at me in a minute. I'm going to let y'all go in a minute. Praise God. There's two sides to God. And I'm going to say this in closing. I don't want to keep you all night. There's two sides to God. There's there's the Lord that's the Redeemer. Lord that's the that's the merciful. And then there's God the killer. God is a killer. I'm gonna tell you, God is a killer. You don't want to mess with him. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves all of His creation. He is making every effort possible to win every soul that He can. He is doing everything that He can to win every soul. It is not His desire that any man should perish, but that all should come under repentance. He don't desire that any, that anybody on this planet perish. But there's going to be a bunch of them that do. Because they had not a love for the truth.
if you do not answer and heed the call of Jesus the Redeemer, then you certainly will face God the Killer. And I'll say this in closing. I used to have breakfast with a fella that was a judge at a little restaurant. He loved to hunt them dogs and just good old country, just country as a butter bean, just good old boy, you know. And we'd all joke around and stuff and talk over breakfast, you know. And But, you know, if I was to leave that and, and hey, Bill, how you doing? You know, man, have a good day, you know, and they leave, which I never called him Bill because I've always had more respect for my elders than that. But, but just, you know, everybody around the table just called him, you know, first name basis and all that, some of his buddies and all. Well... You go down there, and if I was to go into court, now, we just had a big old time at breakfast. Everything was cool. We're going to go hunting this next Saturday or whatever. <laughs> go in this court, and I've got a ticket. And he was to say, well, State versus uh, Travis Hoffman, uh, how do you plead? Hey, Bill, what's going on? Hey, man, Psh- Imagine that, man! I was just driving out, man. I, I was trying, I was on the way to get one of my dogs, man. He, he lied to me. He'd been chasing a chasing deer, man. I was just trying to catch him. He's over in the next county. I was in a bit of a hurry. I didn't want him to get gone too far. And so, man, I oh come on, Bill. I just you know you know how it is. You know, I tell you, the first thing that come out of his mouth is bam, Mister Hoffman, sir. I don't know who you think you are. But uh, in this court, you will address me as your honor, sir. Do you understand that? Yes, sir, your honor, sir, is what the next words out of your mouth better be. Now, he never did that because I would have never done that. But I'll tell you, there was a transformation took place, church. He walked in there in his country clothes, and when he got in his chambers back there, he took that little black robe off the hanger, and he slipped on that black robe, and everything about that man changed right there. Now, he's still a good old boy, but let me tell you something. He was stepping into a job. He was stepping into an office right there. And so, when he steps up behind that bench up there, he's no longer good old Bill. He is your honor, sir. The honorable so-and-so. And he will address and, and deal with each and every individual according to the office that he is holding. Church, let me tell you something. When you step through the door from this dispensation into the next dispensation, whether you go by the way of the grave or by the way of the sound of the trumpet, when you step through that door, you better be ready on this side of it. Because once you step through and that door was shut, as the Bible says in many places, and the door was shut, just like it was on the ark, there's no handle on this side. And you're done. Wherever it is you step through, there you are. So you better make sure, because so many people have this idea of Jesus, and I really am closing So many people have this idea in their mind of Jesus, the great, compassionate, merciful, grace-giving Savior. And so there's a lot of people that figure they're going to get up there and say, well, wow, it is real. Man, imagine that. Unbelief! I knew it was real. I told you it was. I knew it was real. Ha, man, imagine that! Oh wow, Lord, man, you're real. Look at you, all oh, God and everything. Look at that. That's unbelievable. Wow, what a place you got here, man. This is great. Listen, God, I about that uh, about that homosexual thing. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, about, and about all them sins and things and about all them 4,000 things that I was involved in. I'm really sorry about that. I, and that not going to church thing. I'm really sorry about that. I see now. 
how that I probably should have gone. But I listen, I'm sorry about that, Lord. And man, what a place. Where's my keys? Where's mine at? No. No. It's over. There won't be any mercy at that point. You will not be standing before the merciful God. If you're not prepared to meet Him, if the mercy's not already applied, you're done. You're going to be standing before a judge. And you will not even any longer be in the grace dispensation. You will have stepped from the grace dispensation into the dispensation of judgment. And you will be judged according to what is written in the book. And the books will be opened. Church, we need to be ready. We need to be sensitive. We need to feel. We need to make sure we don't allow ourselves to become complacent or desensitized. We need to keep ourselves sensitive. We need to keep our ears cleaned out. The Bible says that, that my sheep know me by my voice and another they will not follow. Another they will not follow. We need to be sensitive to the voice of the Master. In these last days, church, He's going to start telling you a lot of things. He's going to start revealing a lot of things to you. He's going to start working more in you and through you. He's going to start bringing more things to you and through you. You've never been used before like you're about to be. If you will let yourself go, if you will give it every bit to God, no matter what it looks like, I mean right now, just to make a commitment, say, you know what, God? I ain't holding back no more. I'm going to let go of everything. I am absolutely going to surrender every part of my life to the Word of God. I'm going to line up with you, Jesus. And I'm yours. You just do with me what you want. And you watch God. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I tell you, I I don't know what He's doing, but I'm telling you, God's doing something. Church, He is getting ready to use us like you've never been used before. You're going to see things that you never, you never really realized you was going to see in this life. You're going to see the awesome wonders of God. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and there's anything that you need from the Lord,